Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Walchef. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. Every single week we talk about our ongoing thesis and that is digital hospitality. Every business needs to be digital first and every business needs to be in the hospitality business. Now, what we try to do is teach people and examples of people that are playing the game within the game. Everyone knows that you need to be digital. Everyone knows that you know you need to have a social presence. But how do you do that as a business owner? You do that by starting to use your smartphone and starting to share stories that will connect you to your audience, that will help you build community and help you do things that we've never been able to do as small business owners and entrepreneurs. Uh, every single week, we are lucky that because we're so willing to be uncomfortable on so many different platforms, we get to meet so many fascinating people. Podcasting connected me to Jason Jepson. He is the host of Talking During Movies, a phenomenal podcast, one of my favorite shows that I've been on. Um, I actually had swingers on in the background and had a great conversation with him. But he said, sent me an email, said, you have to meet Chef Joe Gatto. This guy is absolutely incredible. One of the most impressive guests I've had on. You, you can't believe the work that he's doing in the food space, in the cooking space, in the cookbook space, in the streaming space. Um, I think he'd be a perfect fit for digital hospitality. And uh, here he is, Chef Joe Gatto. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. This is this is exciting. And Jason told me so much about you as well. So I, I can't wait to get started because just exciting for me on my side as well. Well, it's super cool because what we do and what our audience knows, people that have listened to this podcast before, is our main purpose is to teach the listener, you, the person listening to this podcast, the person that's watching this on YouTube, the person that we'll connect with on Instagram or TikTok. We want you to become a media company. And there has never been a better time, an easier time to become a media company. And you've literally done it. You have done what so many people have wanted to do as a private chef who has launched into the streaming business. Now, the streaming business is such a fascinating business because, as we all know, we live in an internet world. Cord cutters used to be a hot button term. It was something that I've been, you know, I'm, I, I made jokes. I'm, I'm a fringe millennial. I graduated high school in the class of 2000. So the internet was supposed to end. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm not a millennial, I'm a fringe millennial, but nonetheless, there's a lot of things that I do old school. There's a lot of things that I was late adopting to, but one of the things that took me a long time was to cut the cord, you know, to literally get rid of direct TV. I've been a direct TV customer since I was in college, you know, since 2000, I went to college, I got my first direct TV account and I've been a loyal customer, giving them so much of my money, opening up a sports bar, spending $5,000 a year on NFL Sunday ticket because that was you know, a part of our plan. But now we have the internet. Now we have TikTok. Now we have YouTube. Now we have Netflix. Now we have Amazon Prime, Apple, over 200 streaming services. But that's opportunity to share your story, to get your content out there. And you've done it. You have a show from scratch streaming on Pluto TV, something that you have worked so hard to do. How did you do it? I mean, really, I mean, it, it was just, it was hard work. I mean, we, <laughs> it wasn't easy <laughs> and nothing comes easy. Um, it's just like TV, just like anything worthwhile. It's super competitive space. Um, everyone wants to get their show on and streaming. I love streaming even more than regular TV for a creator. It's amazing because you really get to tell your story your way. There's no one breathing down your neck. There's no one trying to really control your content. So for us, that was super advantageous 
as opposed to network television, which, I mean, they're going to control your product. There's no two ways about it. They're going to put what they want to put on. They're going to use you as, you know, the masthead, and it's going to be kind of your voice. But with Pluto, we just have developed such a great relationship with them. We shot the show out, and we got a distributor right away. They really loved the show. And then, you know, we hooked up with Pluto. And, and I mean, to be honest, at that point, you know, I didn't know that much about streaming. I didn't, it was, you know, the when we started the process with Pluto, it was about three years ago when it all started. And I knew what, you know, I knew streaming Netflix and things like that. But Pluto, Roku, all of that was just coming into, not the mainstream quite, but it was definitely a little more prevalent. So I had to really school up on, you know, like VOD, just like how everything. VOD, video on demand. Right, right like how the contracts work, how you get paid, how all that actually works. You're streaming for free money. You know, how do you determine how much money a show makes? You know, it was it was a whole different thing that I, I was um, I was a filmmaker in my younger life. So I worked at Sony Pictures. You know, I I did. It. I made music videos. I made a feature film. That's how I met my wife. Like, so I had a background in production, but all that production that was all, you know, TV and movies and TV. I mean, it's all, it's the wild west now, you know, it is. it's a free for all. And all of a sudden for me, the minutes, because I'm such a visual person and I have that filmmaking background, directing and writing that from Instagram to TikTok to anything that's, you know, it skews younger, but, I'm a visual guy and I know production and I have a complete TV studio right here. I'm talking to you on it. That's yes. all. I grew up where you had a rent and editing room. Like, you know, like we had. <laughs> yes, correct. Putting it in, you know, and get a rent the room for a week. Now it's all here on my phone. So putting content out for me, that's what I, I mean, it's easy for me. So I immediately loved Instagram. I immediately loved TikTok. And then streaming, I was like, okay, so it's the same as TV, but it's free and you get paid from the commercials. Okay, great. Let's let's make a show. And we shot a pilot. And what year was this? What year did you shoot the pilot? It was three years ago now, four years ago now, when we shot the pilot. I mean, it takes forever to get it. <laughs> it's good. You could write a book faster. You did write a book faster than you launched your TV show. Your I, streaming show, excuse me, your streaming show. <laughs> I children during this, right? How many? I mean, the the thing was, you it, it's like you know, you've been in this for a while. You got to keep punching. Yes. And take the punches, and you have to take the rejection. Is part of the process. It helps you streamline your product. It helps you understand better. If you're taking the negativity, letting it drag you down, you're dead in the water. If you're taking that negativity and you're taking it and you're using it in a positive way to start saying, okay, well, this person didn't like this. I wonder why. doesn't mean you have to change it, but you should look at it. And we just kind of streamlined it over that time. And then I got my buds together who are all cinematographers, directors, professionally. That's what they do. And we shot a pilot out. I pitched them this idea. My wife and I had talked about, of, I like making everything from scratch because you need your niche. So, you know, I hand forged my own knives. 
make my own charcoal. I pull water out of the Atlantic, make salt, milk cows, make butter and cheese. Anything that seemed like you can't do that, I wanted to do it. And I wanted to meet the experts in that field. Mm-hmm. So we did one where I was making a BLT, right? It sounds super simple, but I broke down a whole hog, right? Pulled out the belly, cured it, made all my own bacon. Then we made the bread. Then we made sriracha mayo. So we made mayo. We made sriracha. And we just kind of edited, you know, we put it together. I have an editing background as well. So I put together one pass. Then my buddy, Ryan Cavanaugh, who's the director of the series now, he came on and he was like, I love this. We got the pilot together. We met angel investors that had come to take a class with me to learn how to make pasta. That's amazing. They asked if I wanted to open a restaurant. And I was like, no. Uh, that's funny i would not be good at that like well, let, let's just put it this way you won't be the first podcast guest that i've had on that's made a successful career in television or streaming that told me they wouldn't open up a restaurant yet to later open up subsequent restaurants the sam the cooking guy when he came onto my podcast in 2017 he said no chance will i open up a restaurant and sure enough he's been on the show about four times and now he has i believe four different brands so I'll hold you to it. We'll, we'll, Stover will, Stover will bring this back and say, Hey, chef, you remember when you said no? <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I just don't think that would definitely not be my strength. Being a private chef and doing that is running a restaurant. I just don't, th- I know a bunch of my friends have restaurants and they're amazing at them. my buddy Andy Husband's on the smoke shops out yep. here. Andy Husband's is amazing. Yeah, Andy's a good friend of mine. He literally lives down the street. One of the one of the greatest uh, barbecue books ever written. He's yeah. uh, and like we go and I mean we tailgate at the Pats games together sometimes. Like great friend of mine. That's awesome. Yeah, and he like I I don't even know how he does it. Like it, it's amazing running restaurants is I think one of the hardest things in the world. So that's these guys offer that. And I was like, no, you know, I, you would not want to see me running a restaurant. And, you know, like, I and I was like, funny thing is, though, I did just shoot a pilot to a TV show. And they were like, oh, that's interesting. Can you send that to us? I sent it over to them. They looked at it. And it was like a month later, we were sitting down signing contracts and they were going to fund a whole season of, of from scratch. Amazing. So I sat down and I pulled through and I wrote a whole season and then we got our team together. We shot over a summer, one of the best summers ever. We just had a blast. I had my kids with wife, my and we just traveled around New England, met all these amazing just artists and just they, everybody that made something really interesting and, and we learned, you know, that food is really a combination of art and science and when you put those two together properly you get something so unique and powerful and then we we finished the season out we cut it we got the distributor pluto saw it and pluto was like well we're taking it next thing you know it blew up on pluto we were number one in the food space and now we got picked up by amazon roku like we're just starting to get picked up by everyone now yeah it's that's amazing it, it, I still kind of, I'm like, really? Like, it, like yeah. it took so long and it was such a grind 
and there were so many old but I think having that film background and having worked in LA, LA, I mean, the LA is the king of almost, you know, <laughs> everyone has their almost stories. Yeah. And all of a sudden when you get the call and it's like, oh, we actually signed the contract and we're going on TV. You're like, yeah, when's the other shoe drop? Yeah. But it never did. And next thing you know, like I'm with my family and friends and people are watching me on TV all across the country. And we go into different countries and people are writing me in different languages. And they're saying that it's inspiring them and they love it. And, you know, it just it's been kind of a crazy ride. And, and you know, I'm with Jason and we're doing crazy stuff down in Austin. Like it just it just keeps multiplying. And. I love it because I don't, I never want to do the same thing day to day. I, that's why I love being a private chef and cooking something every different every day. I love doing events and I love travel, the travel part of it. I, I like where everything's constantly changing. It, it keeps me alive. Like I, I really feed on that. Can you bring, take, take me back to Hollywood and some of the lessons and stories, if you have any of, of things that, that went wrong or things that were, were a sign of things to come. That have helped you on your journey now i think one of the big things that we took away from working in la and especially working on productions like bigger films and smaller films didn't even matter the size what kind that, of budgets are we talking about i mean anything from you know 10 million down to you know 500 bucks oh wow yeah you know, depending if I'm helping my friend shoot illegally in all <laughs> at night and the cops are up and I'm I'm talking them through it. Like there was a classic we were shooting this like little mini horror film and the cop showed up, guy who was supposed to get permits for us. He he said he did, but he didn't. So when the cops showed up and they're like, Where are your permits? We didn't have any. And my wife says, and it's classic Joe, all of a sudden off to the side talking to the policeman and next thing you know they're in the movie and everything's okay <laughs> beautiful i like how you roll yes the biggest thing that taught me is production is it's not about like these great shots or this performance if you're on the production side it's putting out fire it's constantly thinking on your feet it's constantly solving problems because if you don't solve them, everything stops. And if everything stops, it costs money, a yeah. lot of money. So for me, from doing, when I was like 18, it just kind of taught me that there's never, you never stop. You're always improvising. You always have to be malleable. That a problem is just an opportunity for a solution. And I know that sounds kind of like back of the napkin or like cliche, you know, t-shirt, but it's really true because I mean, my life is balls to the wall, man. I, I mean, I go all out and I do a lot and I like it that way. And if I didn't have that production background where you see just dumpster fires and you're mm -hmm. like, all right, if I don't solve that, you can't pass the buck. And I think for me, that helped me find my way as an entrepreneur. And that 
kind of is my mantra. And that's definitely what I'm known for. You know, we get hired to do a lot of big events and there's just me and my sous chef and we're cooking for 300 people and I'm making everything from scratch. I'm making, you know, 600 tortillas and I'm spending just hours doing everything. And people are like, come on, man, that's crazy. I don't know. Is it? Because it's what I love to do. Mm-hmm. I love clapping on the radio and banging up. Like, what the hell else would I be doing? Like, yeah. I love And I like when I get tight and people are eating like my barbacoa and everything has been made by my hands or my sous. And they're freaking out. And there's a hundred people in line. They're all eating. That to me is, that's the joy. And when you're making 600 tortillas, you, you know how to, when it's by bulk, it's no joke because you don't want the quality to dip down because you're making more. So how do you find that balance? Do you give up? Do you buy store-bought? Yeah. You know, hey. It's problem solving. One of the things that fascinates us that we talk about to entrepreneurs and business owners all the time is that is that aha moment, that oh shit moment for you when you decided to actually take this entrepreneurial leap from the, the film production world that you were living, which isn't an easy world to live in. I'm, I'm sure it's not, not, not a stable, stable income by any means. Um, living the creative world. I mean, that's that's almost as entrepreneurial as you get on that end. But deciding to come into the food space, what what was the decision like? Walk me well, through the process. It was interesting because we were working on a couple different screenplays at the time. My wife and I were writing. I was working. Sony, she was working for an agency. And, you know, we were finding success, not like, you know, we have a G5 success, but like, you know, like, we were, we bought a place and we were, we were enjoying it. But the thing about LA, the thing about film that I found was, I mean, in all honesty, like in the film space, people, more people want you to fail than succeed. And they want to, they try to fuck you over. Like that, that's, the, they, they don't think there's enough space. If you have a movie and they have a movie, they don't think there's enough space for two i'm a different cat i always think there's space i'd rather rather work i'd rather help someone come up and prop them up and like do things together i get it i love that like that gives me a buzz yep the food space all i found from like andy and everybody everyone wants to help you correct right they want to share with you hospitality Food with you, time with you, recipes, love, right? The heart of the house. That attracted me so much, especially after being in this other space. But I really, I'm a creative, you know, I, I'm, I'm an artist. That's, that's what I am. So my wife got pregnant with Benjamin, my first son, t- turns 12 tomorrow, taking him okay. to awesome. night in a Celtic game amazing and so my wife and i sat down and she said do you want to raise benjamin in la and i was like you know i don't want him to grow up to be a douchebag so no you know (laughs) no i don't (laughs) i don't and i was like in all honesty i really want to change my career path to food 
and I had been teaching out of my house. I taught a couple of my friends I over and I made chicken piccata and people were like, how did you make this so good? And I was like, well, why don't you come over Saturday? You guys bring the ingredients. I'll teach you how to make it. Next thing I know, like a couple months later, I had about 15 people at my house on Saturdays and Sundays and everyone started paying me to do it. And I was like, well, I really like this, yeah. you know? And I had been cooking my entire life and really playing with it for so long, like from the from scratch angle, not as, not as deep as I do it now, but you know, I really played with that for a long time. So I told my wife, you know, I really want to change into food. I want to transition. So we decided to move back to Boston. I started teaching here for this company a couple towns over and in the what were you what were you teaching all different like how to make pasta how to make like just you know french dishes everything i taught myself i was teaching you know other people in a class situation and i liked it i liked being in front of people i found i mean I, like at that point i thought that was it i was like this is my career i love it and then a woman came and took a class with me and at the end of class she said you know you have such a amazing knowledge base she said i own a private chef company i'd be curious if you'd want to come and kind of like try out for me and take on some clients she's like i think you'd be really good at it and i was like private chef jesus mm -hmm. oh and my wife was like yes you should do <laughs> okay so now i'm doing it <laughs> and i went and she gave me the job right after i did it and I think it was like a year later, I bought the company for and from her and I rebranded it where it was like A-listers. And then like I started getting all these high-end clients. I got a Red Sox player and then a Boston Celtics player. And then all of a sudden I met Andy and then I'm getting, I'm hosting these huge events in Boston and I'm starting to do like little film projects at the same time for food. And I have this natural gift to like shoot things because of the filmmaking background and that's when it was like oh wait a second i can take the food part the scratch part the filming part the love being in front of an audience part yep. and, and i'll have my own little knit and that's that's next thing you know then it's show book and the book i got through andy recommended me to the publisher and they called me Amazing. that's just my huge dog that's cool we like my dogs dog. yeah german dog. shepherd Coming dogs make, make appearances on the podcast often that's totally yeah. cool my daughter will oh there's my son there you go happy birthday benjamin <laughs> <laughs> birthday on the podcast. oh thanks <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually, we uh, funny little side story. I met a of, uh, food influencers in Boston at a dinner that I had been asked to do to taste this product. And we decided we'd do a food class for these influencers to kind of teach them the inside of making something. So, you know, because they're always out tasting food. So I bring Benjamin to everything. Chef coats up. And, you know, he knows how to do most of it. And next thing you know, there's this great video on my Instagram, Benjamin's in front of 20 food influencers, biggest in Boston, and he's teaching them all pasta. 
and how the gluten works and everything. And they're all just building him. Like, how is this kid knows so much about food, but he loves it too. And that's, I guess, Sean, like, honestly, that that's been the, the biggest gift out of all of this is that I get to share it with them and I get yeah. to spend them and they grow up intertwined in my business as opposed to I go to work and then I come home and they yeah. don't do like it's all part of it like when we just saw Jason and went to Austin you know for a private client that was an amazing trip but they got they took us all out there yeah you know I'm making this big experience dinner and I'm making tortillas to do these chicken tacos and like just kept getting a little behind my daughter who's turning nine and my son are in the kitchen and I'm like you guys start start making tortillas so they're on they're at the stove and they're flipping the tortillas on the pans with their fingers and everyone's just like wait a second what yes (laughs) and it was awesome like it is awesome that but that's what family is I mean that's how I grew up always in the kitchen doing stuff and it creates that bond that I love and it really all started with like you were saying that aha moment where I had to I had to decide I I I was never good working for anyone else I'm I'm not I'm not good at it I just know there's some people that can do it there's some people that can't I definitely the couple times I've worked for people it's just I can't be a company guy it's just not well, I think one of the most important things is that, you know, anybody that's listening to this podcast, that you understand that every single day you're waking up to live to your potential. And when you're that. not, when you're not living to your potential, what are you doing? You know, life is just way too short. And, you know, the fact that you get to experience all these incredible things with your family is, you know, it, it's what resonates with our audience. I know our audience very well. I'm very fortunate. Anybody that's new to listening to this podcast, you know, we talk about family all the time. You know, my son is four years old. My daughter's two. And, you know, my wife, she's the leader of our, our wolf pack. And she's the one that keeps all the glue together. But as we start to go out and do events for Yelp and for Entrepreneur Magazine and launching our next podcast, Restaurant Influencers, and we're going to be able to go to, you know, different trade shows, they're going to come with us. Because if they don't come with me, then it's just not going to happen. It's not going to be fun for me. I'm not going to want to do it. And the older that they get, when my son's 12 and my daughter's, you know, I'll want them to be holding the iPhone, you know, holding the iPhone or or them even more, even better, them teaching, you know, them teaching, them doing, because those are the things that, that we're going to remember, um, you know, further on down the line. That's what, I mean, I don't know how to agree with that more. I mean, that's exactly what, I, you know, that's exactly what I grew up. I grew up doing, but now like passing that baton on and watching my kids comfortable in the kitchen and like making things together and sharing that time. It does. I, I do take a breath and take it in. I do because I'm a big believer in that. You have to pay attention to the journey. Yep. You know, everyone's got goals. You have to have goals. You have to understand what you're actually trying to achieve. But if you don't enjoy this part too, you're missing it. You're missing the the whole part because the learning part, the sharing part, that's become, I mean, that's everything to me with them. They they're out there doing all these events with me. Like his birthday, 
on a, you know, tomorrow I have an event. And so we asked, what do you want to do for your birthday? And he said, I want to go to the steak event with dad and help. And I was like, that's amazing. I'm like, you know, of course I'm like, yeah, of course. But inside I'm like, oh, you're like, oh, like this is awesome. I, yeah. You know, greatest thing ever because i don't know how long he'll want to do that like maybe he'll want to do it forever maybe he won't i don't yeah, know correct but i'm gonna take every damn minute i can you know with them and and watch my daughter pulling fresh mozzarella on stage with me that's and, awesome oh you know like and watching the audience just laugh and and then and then watching like instagram and watching all these social platforms grow not by sharing a shtick by sharing what i do just yes. sharing sharing who i am like yeah. that's one thing that was very intentional on my part is you you share everything yes. if something in an event it's funny it's gonna be funny to everybody right yeah. like like just share the journey and the cool things that are happening and let people follow along and that that's how I try to approach all all of the all of the platforms is just have fun with it. Don't try to structure it too much. It's like trying yeah. to start, right? It's what <laughs> like you you have to you have to be loose because things change. Life if you try to tell life what to do, it's gonna mm -hmm. laugh in the face repeatedly. Yeah, yeah. you gotta yeah. you gotta. I love that. Uh, we had a guest on the podcast, Ryan Redondo, who's the CEO of a tennis center over here in San Diego. And he was talking on the podcast about um, a difficult time in his life where he was he was one of the top tennis players in the nation um, collegiately. And he was always trying to figure out that next thing. You know, how am I going to get to the pro tour? And he started feeling very depressed. And his coach saw that in him. And he said, you know, Ryan, you know, what's your problem? He's like, you know, I keep thinking about this. I keep thinking about this. Like, I want to achieve. I, I have goals for myself. My family have goals for me. And his coach said, you know, Ryan, why don't you just blossom where you're planted? And I mean, it hit me when he said it on the podcast. I've repeated it multiple times. I talk about it. I mean, it's just blossom where you're planted. We are always looking forward. But why can't we blossom and appreciate where we are right now? And like, that's such a powerful thing. And it reminded me of what you were talking about. It's appreciate the fact that right now your son is choosing to say, dad, I want to do this on my birthday. I want to be with you on my birthday. Yeah. I mean, it's not worrying about where he's going to get into college or what he's going to like, it's what's happening today. Like, let's just blossom where we're planted. That's I, I mean, I love that. I mean, I like, that's like a mantra. That's like a t-shirt for me. I mean, that's, that's amazing because that's definitely what I believe in because part of it, like for me, a lot of the, of my, my business is to incorporate them and be with them. And when I go somewhere, they come, you know, like you were saying, they come with me, you know, we, it, I just think it's, I mean, why would I want it any other way? I don't, if I go by myself somewhere, I mean, I'm just going to call them and be yeah. like, what me? You know, like, yeah. and to have them there and watch them, especially when we were just in Austin at Jason's house and watching them just kick ass. <laughs> Thinking about it and then watching all the guests who were talking to me. 
right? They're like, oh, look at this chef. He's got a TV show. Like, oh, he's, he's really friendly. And then everyone's like, get out of the way, chef. Like, look at those kids. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm going to retire soon. Like, Correct. I mean, that, that is, that is the coolest thing. And one, you know, one thing we do want people to take away from this episode and from the podcast is technology has broken down this wall of what it used to take to get a story done. I mean, you were in Hollywood, you know, how hard it was to get a movie made, to get a TV show on, but now with streaming, now with TikTok, now with YouTube, literally we can get to a place where we can share all of who we are not just the, the commercialized side of what we want our Instagram feed to look like, but we share the personal side, we share the professional side, we share the failures. The more that we share the failures and the mistakes and the journey along the way, the more that we connect with people. And that's true on all these platforms. I mean, so many times people say, you know, why do you post personal things on your business page? I'm like, I, I only have one life. There's no personal life and business life. It's one life for Sean. You get, right. the char- you get the Chargers. I'm a Charger fan. I'm a diehard Charger fan, unapologetic Charger fan. Guess what? My kids go to the Chargers games. My, my little daughter, she's two. She can barely say any words, but she can say, let's go Chargers. Like she sees football on TV and it reminds her of the time that I took her to the game. Like for me, that's who I am and that's who I'm going to share. And see, that, that's what I love about it, especially that you're raising them Chargers fan, you know, because then they're <laughs> failure. You know, like, we, we are very good with failure. We are very good with saying no. We're very good with getting our heart ripped out of our chest. Yes, absolutely. I, as Patriots fans up here in Massachusetts, I have to teach my kids like not to be spoiled brats. I'm like, look. Yes, correct. You don't get to win a championship every season. It's not how it works. I was like, Tom Brady's gone. It's going to hurt for a while. And now all of a sudden it's like, right, Belichick. Yeah, all yeah. oh, right. We're right back up on top. Yeah. It's uh, and I mean we just played you guys just recently and the Chargers are I'm a Chargers fan as well just because yeah. I, I for so long I was on the West Coast for I don't know 15, 15, 16 years so you know you just get the media there of the Niners the Chargers you just get and all of a sudden they just kind of become your adopted team so West Coast is a big a big thing except for the Lakers they still hate the Lakers <laughs> when you're a Celtics fan you can't like the Lakers that's that's sacrilege. Right. It's like the brew of the Bruins fan in me will never like the Canadians. I can respect. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, we we are absolutely impressed with everything that you're doing. It's at from scratch.tv at Chef Joe Gatto um, on Instagram, on all the social uh, Stover. He does a phenomenal job. Ian's going to write up an article. Um, you guys can visit the Cali barbecue.media page. We're going to publish the episode on YouTube. Um, hopefully we can get chef Joe on our clubhouse every Friday at 10 AM. We do a clubhouse. So whatever week, um, this podcast drops, hopefully that Friday we can have chef Joe on clubhouse. Are you on clubhouse? But what's This is clubhouse to- is it's an audio app. Oh, come on. Yeah. I want to play. Yes. So we're going to have, we're going to have chef Joe on, on clubhouse. That way you guys can ask questions. Um, hopefully you guys are We've gotten a lot of listeners that are on Clubhouse and are joining these Friday calls, which is super cool. It's 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. And yeah, we, we love Clubhouse. It's an incredible app. A lot of our podcast guests we've found on Clubhouse. Um, we've gotten to meet some very significant people, um, people playing the game within the game. Always new adopters to technology seem to uh, gravitate to certain spaces. And that's why podcasting is how I met Jason. It's how I met Chef Joe here. And you know, it's one of those things we, uh, one of my favorite quotes is from the great uh, philosopher, Winnie the Pooh, we will be friends forever. Just you wait and see. 
So Chef Joe, uh, we will be friends forever. Just you wait and see. You've got another friend on the West Coast in San Diego. If you're ever here with the kids, uh, we hope to see them at Cali Barbecue. And uh, we can't wait for your next season. Next season. So what, what's what's the deal? Can you give us some breaking news of, of where you are af after you launch one season? How do you get to season two? Now that now that we have numbers, you know, people are starting to fire. So just like everything else, get ahead of the curve. You know, I I had never written season two. So I did a, a rough outline and decided that would go across the country and do everything from scratch. So I want to make olive oil. I go to, you know, there's one episode all on candy. So I want to get beeswax because there's a way to turn beeswax into chewing gum. So I want to go like, you know, like all this crazy stuff and really just kind of dig in to more from scratch and really just see like olive oil production is just something I don't know a lot about, but I want to. And I want to know just all that history of it and just how it works. So, yeah, we're going to start digging in now and start putting together season two. And, you know, I'd love for it to to drop on Pluto and other ones. But right now, the whole idea is to get an interesting season written. And the first stop in that is just pre-production and just coming up with I want season two to be like, you remember Alien and Aliens? I want it yes. to be Alien. I don't want it to oh like. You know that that sequel like halloween 2 you know that was like you know like yes yes it is it is it is a high bar that you have to set for yourself well yeah. uh, please please uh let andy husbands know that we he, he has huge fans out here on the west coast huge oh, fans yeah. of his work um incredible hopefully we could get him on the podcast sometime uh, but chef joe you uh you're amazing man we're we're grateful i i know uh I know that we're doing the right things if I'm meeting people like you and uh, being able to share your story with all of our listeners. So thank you for what you're doing and I uh, hope you and your son and your family have, have an awesome holiday season. Thanks. Say out to you, brother. Have a great holiday. And thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Absolutely. And uh, anybody listening, we're grateful to have you here. If you need anything, you can reach out to me on any of the social platforms at Sean P. Walchef. Um, and we are grateful. Stay curious, get involved, and don't be afraid to ask for help.